Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we introduce Mercy Mode, where you can just skip right to the end of the podcast. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We have got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Nintendo Treehouse Live event. And then on Thursday, Mario Month continues as we determine the best Mario spinoff of all time. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? Patrick, I am doing great. I've got to tell you, I'm really enjoying Mario Month. And yes, it's true. I have to tell you. I've oh. been enjoying Mario Month. Um, oh, yes, good. And I, I'm, exci- I'm excited for Thursday's episode, too, because I think we've really set ourselves up for a difficult task, and those are my favorite types of, like, definitive determinations. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, this is, this is something that we will uh, explore in great detail on Thursday's episode, but I think there are some things that we need to consider as far as, like, what is a spinoff? What has maybe become something so big that it can no longer be considered a Mario spinoff? It's just like its own entity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's uh, all of this. Uh, it's it's going to be a humdinger. I'm very excited for it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of humdingers, my copy of Sonic Forces, uh, may it rest in peace, rest in the mail, rest lost in the mail. Would you like to get on a list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, even though we don't know where my copy of Sonic Forces is? You can get on that list by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. Uh, and give us a mailing address. Um, there is no game to give out at, at the moment, <laughs> um, but uh, look, it's going to be replaced with something. We have uh, utter faith in the program um so get on that list uh and something good might happen to you i don't know um mark we got an email from a listener from uh arlo um and arlo asked uh, a, a, a couple questions um and one of his questions pertains to the sonic forces borrowing program uh that i think we should address it right now arlo writes why do you do the sonic forces borrowing program I think it's super cool, but I'm interested in how it started and why you guys keep doing it. Mark, any insight into uh, why do we do it and why we keep doing it? So my, I have, I don't know that I can actually answer this question because like a lot of things that exist on this show, um, I don't actually remember the genesis of it. It, I. I remember no you pun intended, buying, of course. Right. Yeah. I remember you yes. buying Sonic Forces. I remember you not liking it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was your idea. I'm pretty sure you are like the genesis of the perfect program, also known as the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program. That's right. Uh yeah, I mean I, I think it I think it came down to me. So it came out in like November, right? Of like 2017, 17, maybe. Yeah. Um and I, I bought the game because uh, I think we were high on um, Sonic Mania, right? Um, which had come out just a few months before. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, I'll get Sonic Forces. Uh, played it for like an hour or two and was like, oh, this is terrible. I, could, I have no desire to keep playing this. Um, 
And since it was November, it was like right around Thanksgiving. So there was like a holiday sort of like togetheriness feeling. I, I tried to go back into our archives to like listen to the episode when, when we made that decision. But uh, Apple Podcasts had it like just cut off right at that point. Oh, so episodes no. right before there. I think they still exist. I just couldn't access them uh, through the Apple Podcast thing on my computer. Um, but like I could see the episodes right after it where we talk about Doom and L.A. Noir and uh, one other game was when we reviewed like three games. Do you remember this? Was, I do. Yeah. Was, look. There, there was uh, one Thanksgiving where we put out three episodes on one day. Uh, it, the, show, the show is wild, I think is maybe what this all boils down to, that uh, there's, no, there's no predicting what's going to happen on this show, and sometimes something great happens, and we just roll with it and keep rolling with it for three years. And what was Arlo's second? Why do we continue to do it? <laughs> yeah, why do we keep doing it? Well, that's I mean, unanswerable. <laughs> I, I think that's just yeah. unanswerable. But once yeah, well, you've like, stumbled onto the perfect program, how do you stop? <laughs> I feel like that's like setting up yourself up for some sort of Final Destination-esque situation. You can't outrun 100%. the Sonic Forces yeah. borrowing program. Like, why try? This ends poorly if we stop. Uh, speaking of things that end poorly when we stop, we are in the midst of Mario Month right now, as we mentioned previously. Um, on October 29th, we will be doing an episode of all of our favorite Mario memories. Would you like your memories to be in that big melting pot of Mario memory? Um, that's some pretty good alliteration that just tumbled out of my mouth, and I'm very happy with it. Uh, you should email us by October 27th at the absolute latest, and uh, give us your Mario memories. Mark, what kind of stuff are we looking for here? We're looking for any type of Mario memory Anything. in any form that you want to send it. Are you and your sisterhood uh, qu doing a quilting project that er each sure. square is a Mario memory? Send that over. We will figure out a way to get it onto the show. Yeah, no memory is too esoteric or too based in a physical visual medium for us to uh, display on this show, which is a purely audio podcast. Uh, it's going to be good. We've got a lot of great submissions so far. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted already. Also, thank you to Arlo, who gave us a Mario memory. Um, Keep them coming, man. Uh, the more, the merrier. I'm very excited about this episode. Um, and then uh, last thing before we get into like the episode proper here. Um, Look, we are three weeks away from the election. I cannot believe that we are so close now. Mark, it seems crazy. Um, but just make sure uh, this is uh, just sort of our, our uh, and we're going to keep shouting this out uh, until it's done. Um, make sure to check your registration. Make sure you are registered to vote. Make sure you have a plan to vote. Um, and then uh, also vote. Uh, and if you could see your way clear to voting for Joe Biden, all the better. Um, but there's lots of stuff on your ballot um, that affects you specifically and uh, your towns, your states, all of that. So just make sure you know what you're voting for and who you're supporting, who you're putting in office and what kind of propositions you're supporting. Um, all right, Mark, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So after my initial bout with Super Mario Brothers 35, I was I was pretty certain that I was like done with it, right? That I was like, okay, I've done that. Uh, it's a fun little novelty. I can move on. Mark, I cannot move on. Um, I, I've I've gone back into Mario 35 a couple different times, um, and I really enjoy it. Uh, like I know it is of limited novelty and like. You know, it, the, the matches stretch on for too long when, like, you are in, like, the top three. Um, and, like, 
there's just a lot of sort of like chaos and just a lot of like kind of outlasting your opponents. But I really like it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really happy for for reasons that I cannot articulate. I am happy that Super Mario 35 has its hooks in you. I don't know why, but I like that because I, I like when you were like excited, really excited about Tetris 99. Mm-hmm. I like that you're excited about this. I saw that I think on Sunday, um, th- they were doing a new, like one of those like special weekly battles or whatever that just ended yeah. on Sunday. And it was, they introduced harder enemies more like earlier than they normally do. And that I didn't participate in it because I didn't know what was going on. But that sounds like fun to me. Like, I think that's one thing that the game would benefit from. Like, I think it would make the matches go faster is if they yeah. were introducing like um, the more challenging enemies earlier into the matches. Yeah. Well, and I so I I think one of the things that has helped me um, both like get better at it and just like be excited about it is to uh, really like alter my focus towards like collecting a ton of coins um and uh i have also been playing new super mario brothers 2 on the 3ds which is a game that we are going to be talking about as part of our mario month um and that game's whole deal is like look at all the coins you collect and you do collect a ton of coins i i got over uh, i'm i'm at over 10,000 coins in uh, new super mario brothers 2 and that's very exciting so i just have a very like get the coins mindset right now um and uh so that uh, like getting way too many coins and just burning through like the power-ups like the randomized power-ups um has been uh like really nice to make sure that i'm basically always alive and uh you know sending just hordes and hordes of enemies over to my opponents yeah I'll, i i i want to try it out again yeah there, there are still things i don't understand about the game i don't know what happens why you select a level at the beginning i don't know what the point of that is because you don't always start there. Sometimes you do. Yeah, I think... So my understanding of how it works is, like, you don't start there. You start... Like, they purposefully, like, put the easier levels earlier. But then, like, the more challenging levels do show up. Like, they start getting mixed in. But, like, if you have, like, 12 people who pick World 1-1, you're going to play through World 1-1 a lot. And I think that's, like, their oh. attempt to try to balance it. Interesting, interesting. So, so you're voting for like what levels you want to see in the rotation? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Um, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I I mean, I started one in one four, which is uh, oh, that's tough. wild. It's wild because like you don't have a lot of time to get through the level, and there are no enemies in the level, right? Just Bowser at the end. Right. So like it becomes a mad dash for like everyone to try to get to the end as as you know as fast as possible. Um, wiped out a lot of people super early. It was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, you know, uh, uh, I've been ba- basically been playing those two games. I will withhold any comment about New Super Mario Brothers uh, two because we are going to fill a whole episode with our observations. So I've been playing uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars. I finished uh, Super Mario 64, and I moved on to Super Mario Sunshine. And I think Super Mario Sunshine is awesome. I love this game. Okay. <laughs> so I th- I think it like looks amazing on Switch. It's in like a widescreen it now. Does, yeah. Um M- Mario moves like a modern Mario. Like he moves like Mario would ex- I would expect him to. The camera is it, there are still times where it gets caught on the geometry or it's not doing exactly what I want it to do, but it functions like a modern camera. Like yeah. I think it holds up extremely well. That being said, I completely understand like 
the platforming in Super Mario Sunshine can be really frustrating because the levels are really vertical and the platforming like requires you to make a bunch of like complicated jumps and then since you're so high up if you fall you have to start all over again and that gets really tedious and so i completely understand why like that part of the platforming is really frustrating but for me like i love isle delfino like i love the setting i love the music um i love the levels i think the uh like mario's moveset is really fun i like flood i'm having a blast i'm having a hard time wanting to put it down i think it's a great game i think it is wrongly maligned uh well that i mean that's that's incredible just like you are uh happy for my enjoyment of super mario brothers 35 i'm happy that you're enjoying uh super mario sunshine i have not been able to drag myself back to it um and part of that is uh, Sarah is playing Mario Galaxy right now, um, and she just beat it over the weekend um, and is like back in it. I think uh, even as we record is uh, just collecting more stars now because you can beat that game with 60 stars and there's another 60 to go. Um, so uh, I've, I've enjoyed watching her play that. I don't know that I, that I will go back in and, and play it. Um, I'm sort of getting my fill uh, watching her. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's also maybe a little bit, it's weird, I think a weird expectation that we put on ourselves to be like, oh yes, we'll get the Mario 3D collection and play all three For 3D sure. Mario games. <laughs> like, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and like a big time commitment too. Um, and not that they're not good games. I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, when I, the next time we're in like a little bit of a drought and I go back to um, Sunshine, I will have a good time um finishing it off or maybe even starting it over <laughs> and finishing it off i'm curious how has sarah been playing it is she playing with the motion controls uh, so she's playing it with the um pro controller uh which still does require you know a, a fair amount of of motion controlling um for like the pointer uh and you know for when when you're like walking balancing around on the ball and uh, you know a, a bunch of little places here and there but she's not doing the that kind of waggle for the attack. How does uh how do star bits work when you're using the yeah, pro controller? Yeah, it's just yeah. So there's just a pointer on the screen, and you, oh, you just tilt, tilt around for it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting. How is that? How is it use like how is collecting star bits doing that? Uh, I mean, it seems like it's going okay. I have not jumped in as like the second player to do um any star bit collection like we used to do uh on on the wii um and i think that's just because like uh you know there was always a, another like wii remote sitting mm -hmm. on the coffee table so it's easy to pick up and just like jump in and play um and this would <laughs> this is uh i guess just as easy because maybe all i'd have to do is take a wii remote or a joy con off the switch as she's playing with the pro controller so may maybe it would be just that easy too. <laughs> um but I haven't done it yet, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 not sure how how that works, or even if it does work. Can you do it? I assume you can. I assume you can too. But yeah, like you, I, I haven't. No tried. one knows. No one knows. Um. So how far are you in Super Mario Sunshine? I just got twenty shines. Okay. Okay. Um. So how how many like worlds into that is that? You're like four or five. Um, I think. Okay. So I like I just got Yoshi, and so I'm on. Um, like where the Hotel Delfino will show up. So I think I've opened up like maybe five or six, but I, and I'm definitely not trying to get all of them. 
like sure. in the levels i'm doing the ones that i want and then when i hit my limit with the level i'm like yeah okay i'm just gonna move on <laughs> yeah, like peace i don't because i mean there are like boss fights and stuff where i'm like this isn't fun i'm not enjoying myself so i'm just going to skip this um have you done the 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 boss fight it's i i think it's where the the hotel is um but there's like a boss that comes in where it's like a manta ray shadow thing yeah mm-hmm. um and it's huge and you just have to like keep breaking it up with uh water yeah, I'm doing that right now, and I've died like three times. It's a tough fight, and I don't think it's fun. <laughs> uh, you spend a lot of time just like cleaning up like the messes of like five or six like little ones because like mm-hmm. it starts huge, and then it breaks up into like two still very huge but slightly smaller, and then you just keep like cutting them in half. And there's so many of them; it's and so it, many. Mark. And they're like uh, leaving electric goo everywhere, and they electrocute you. So basically, if like anything touches you, uh, you get hurt. I've gotten really close, and then at the end, they all go into like a frenzy, and they're all like heading towards you, and I keep dying there. Um, I mean, it's not a perfect game. <laughs> That's <is laughs> definitely true. And again, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Okay, Mark, I guess we've only been playing Mario this week. <laughs> it's fitting. It's Mario month. It. It's Mario month. Um, all right. So uh, let's. that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Starting today, October 13th, uh, Overwatch has a game trial for Nintendo Switch Online members. You can play the entire game for free from October 13th to 20th, and your any save data you create will transfer over to the main version of the game if you purchase it. I love that Nintendo continues to do this like uh, weird kind of like half step towards like a PlayStation Plus type free game type deal. But I like but ju- that just for a week, <laughs> just for a week. But I like that this is happening. Uh, Overwatch is a game that I've always wanted to check out, but it never felt worth it to purchase it because by the point that I was getting into it, like the community was so well established and that it didn't really seem worth it. But for a week, I can mess up people's matches, right? Absolutely. Uh, Look, I I got in on uh, Overwatch pretty early, like within the first couple of weeks that it was out on um like uh pc and and playstation 4 um and i can tell you i ruined a bunch of matches uh over there um so uh, yeah i'm i'm interested to check it out on switch too uh curious to see like how it runs how it looks um and like how the online like matchmaking how all of that uh maybe is it cross play do we know or is it just are you just playing against other switch players Ooh, i can't remember i, I can't yeah, if neither. it is cross play it must just be with the console versions right there's no way they do with PC versions. Oh, you mean with because mouse and keyboard? This yeah. is a great question. I actually don't know if Overwatch is crossplay on other platforms either. So, um, we really don't have the. Uh, I'm I'm gonna look this up <laughs> while you uh, talk us through some of the other new releases. Okay, now it seems like we should know. Okay, great. On Thursday, October fifteenth, Jackbox Party Pack Seven is released, and then on Friday, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is released. This is the uh, kind of like uh, augmented reality Mario Kart where you buy a either a Mario in a Mario Kart or Luigi in a cart and you set up the track in your home, let them race around. I saw today that uh, there are eight cups and so I think it's 24 races. So it's like a really like meaty game, which is not what I was expecting, but I guess for a hundred bucks. You are getting yeah, your money. Yeah, it better be something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This this remains one of those things that like I'm very interested in, 
but like there's just no way I'm gonna spend a hundred bucks to you know not have enough room. Like I way well, can't set up the track in my apartment and then I don't leave my apartment. So <laughs> Like, yeah, I do? know. I know. It's it's uh I think it looks really cool. It's one of those things that I would love to try. Um so yeah. if any of my like friends are listening and are purchasing it and I guess someday when I can come over to your apartment, uh we can check it out. Yeah. I mean, and also look, if there's a listener out there who wants to buy us a uh, Mario Kart live home <laughs> no, tour don't do that. and then also rent out a space for right, us to yeah. play with it. In, hey, Mark, you, you didn't let me finish. It's a whole thing that people have to do. If you are a TikTok influencer and you live in a mm-hmm. TikTok house, please, yes, that's right. like, uh, once the pandemic has subsided, invite <laughs> us over. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the real thing, right? Like, do we want to go to a TikTok house? The answer is no. <laughs> but we'd fit in so well. <laughs> that's true um uh mark is there is there anything else on here that you oh uh, sorry i i did my research as of october 1st was the uh, most recent like article i could see that says uh overwatch still has no cross-platform play um so no you would just be playing against other people on the switch uh which will include a bunch of people who are brand new to the game so check i mean that it's out. a good time to try and yeah if you've uh, never tried it before um, okay, uh, so those are the new releases. Let's close this out. Now it is time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, it is October, so we are doing only spooky topics. Um, today, we are going to be ranking the Universal Movie Monsters, uh, with the obvious caveat that we cannot talk about them through the lens of Castlevania, because Castlevania is a game that appears on Nintendo consoles. Um, so, uh, I guess just a quick broad strokes, like how do you feel about Universal Movie Monsters? Yay or nay? Yay, for sure. Yay. Yay! Um, do you like the like kind of classic uh, iterations of them? Do you like it when they uh, harass Abbott and Costello? Uh, do you want them uh, chasing down Scooby and the gang, or do you like like the modern ones? I like I like the like classic like iconic iterations. Even though like some of them, I don't know that I've seen the movie, but um, yeah. like I don't know that I've seen the original Mummy or the original Invisible Man. But, uh, yeah, there's just something that's fun about, like, the iconography of them. Yeah, yeah, there's something very pure about them. And it, they, they feel like uh, they are uh, just absolutely full of potential, which is why I think they keep, like, being remade and, mm-hmm. like, why there's, like, maybe a dark universe of movies happening and maybe not. I went to the Wikipedia page of, like, all of these, uh, like, announced or semi-announced dark universe movies there's like a dozen of them <laughs> which is it, it, it blows my mind anyway um so here here are the creatures that we have uh in in store for us we are talking about frankenstein's monster dracula the invisible man the mummy wolfman creature from the black lagoon <clears throat> the black lagoon creature from the black lagoon uh the bride of Shrank- frankenstein and the invisible woman um, Mark, have I left anything off this list? Are there any glaring omissions here? No. Uh, is there anything that we shouldn't count that's, that, that is on be, here? I, I am not familiar with the Invisible Woman, but I feel like I kind of get the gist of it. 
And isn't it interesting how people are really nitpicky about calling Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein's monster, but nobody's like, but she should be the bride of Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, I do think that is interesting. Um, and I don't, what, like, why isn't, so the creature from the Black Lagoon, when it appears in future movies, it is just referred to as the creature. Even in the title of the movie, just like the creature strikes back or, you know, whatever. Um, but Frankenstein is always going to be called Frank. Like, it's going to be something Frankenstein. It's never just the monster. I think we just, like, everybody just needs to get over it and understand that, mm, like, mm, there's mm. Dr. Frankenstein and then there's Frankenstein, who's the green guy with bolts in his neck. Right. And why doesn't he have a name? Why couldn't he have a name? <laughs> the monster. Um, okay. So uh, do you have, uh, like, early favorites here? What, what, are, what are your favorites of the Universal Monsters or least favorites? Which ones are you like, I don't need this? Uh, I feel like the mummy. And as much as I, for whatever reason, really like Creature from the Black Lagoon, that's always like a um, creature design that I've always enjoyed. I feel like its menace is undermined by the fact that it is an aquatic monster. Sure, just don't get in the water. Yeah. Um. That's. It's also look. Uh. The, its monstrousness has perhaps been overtaken by its sexiness. Thank you. The Shape of Water. Um. I. I think I gotta agree with you. Uh. It is no longer a monster of which I am. Uh. Frightened. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Intrigued, um, maybe, but not frightened yes, so much anymore. Like. Do I want to know more? You bet. Um, <laughs> is is it because I'm scared? No. Um, so okay. Is uh, so the and then the the mummy we will also like put towards uh, the the bottom there. Yeah, Though I do I, love those Brendan Fraser movies. I, I I feel like the mummy's curse is more interesting than the mummy himself. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, we are running out of time here. Okay. Um, uh, I, I think Dracula's got to be, like, near the top, right? Yeah, for sure. Sexiest of them all, hands down. Yep, that's right. Uh, and yes, we are using kind of conflicting criteria. Sexiness <laughs> bumps one monster at the top, another monster at the bottom. Uh, mm, I also, look, I, maybe I'm a, a purist, I'm a simpleton. I like the Wolfman as well. I like the Wolfman too. I like the distinction between a Wolfman and a Werewolf. And to me, a Wolfman is more interesting. Um, okay, so that was uh, the end of the recording of uh, Four Thirty Three. We'll push There's through. No... We'll push through. We'll we'll push through. Okay, great. Um, so uh, we've got Dracula at the top, followed by the Wolfman. Who come Who comes after that? Uh, I like Bride of Frankenstein. I think more than I like uh, Frankenstein himself. If we're talking about like the classic Universal monster. Yeah, with like the Marge Simpson hair. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. I, I I agree with that. Um, one hundred percent. Um, and then I think probably the Invisible Man is uh after that. Um, or you know what? I think I like regular old Frankenstein. Uh, so maybe it's exactly as we have it. Yeah, I think so. Do you have any uh, context for the Invisible Woman? So I mean, unfortunately, all I can think of is Sue Storm. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just I just see the Fantastic Four character. <laughs> Um, so uh, just by default, this is how we're putting them. Uh, Dracula's number one, number two is Wolfman, number three is the Bride of Frankenstein, number four is Frankenstein's monster, number five is the Invisible Man, six is the Invisible Woman, seven is the Mummy, and number eight is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, Mark, we were accompanied today by the CWU Viola Choir. Um, let's get into the news. 
So Nintendo did a Treehouse Live event last week with about 40 minutes of uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe gameplay and then also some Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity gameplay. Um, and we'll be talking about that in just a second. But if you want to check it out for yourself um, before Pikmin 3 Deluxe arrives on the Nintendo Switch at the end of the month, you can check out a free demo which landed last week. I don't know, Patrick, have you uh, played through any of this yet or picked it up at all? Um, so it is. Uh, the demo is sitting on my Switch right now. I have not played any of it, though it's my understanding that uh, it covers about the part of the game that I have played on the Wii U. Um, but I am interested to uh, like actually get my hands on it and just sort of experience the quality of life differences. Um, they highlighted a lot of them in the uh, uh, Treehouse Live event last week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm 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 excited to actually like get that you know feeling under it's it's crazy to me how like whenever there's a game that with like a special edition version or like you know like a dragon quest right um dragon quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age definitive edition um that like for whatever reason they you just need to like put out the game let people play it and then be like you know what there's a bunch of like little stuff everywhere that we could fix fix it and then suddenly the game's amazing yeah Um, totally so uh, I I, th- I think it's possible that Pikmin 3 Deluxe um is that um with just a lot of uh tiny little tweaks to it to make it um not that it wasn't playable before it was totally but just like a good feeling um player friendly experience. Yeah, so like Patrick mentioned, uh, it's a a pretty good sized demo allowing you to play through the first boss of the game. The, your progress carries over to the full game if you end up picking that up. And uh, completing the demo gives you access to the ultra spicy difficulty setting in the game so and spicy. other perks. I uh, love that, that that's how the um, difficulty is denoted. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, the, I think also just with Pikmin being a little bit of a, um, you know, stranger genre for, um, uh, you know, N- Nintendo stuff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I think people are excited about, but I don't know if they know what they're excited for exactly um you can check it out for free and you know actually understand it yeah it's one that i'm i'm glad that there's a demo for it i don't know that i plan to pick up the full game but i'm glad to have this little like taste of it if nothing else i'm also interested because you know like pikmin 3 i know that there were a bunch of different uh control schemes you could use but it was you know uh made with that game tablet the wii u tablet in mind so i'm also just curious to see like how it controls and if it has that like Nintendo sort of polish, yeah. The I mean, weirdly enough, uh, Pikmin three on the um, Wii U didn't start off with touchscreen controls. Oh, what like, really? Integrated. Yeah. Oh, I had yeah. no idea. I didn't realize that was like, the case. Yeah, wildly, that was patched in later. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it the control scheme for Pikmin games is always a little bit like, does it really make sense on like a controller of any kind? And the answer is always kinda um that like it's all it almost seems like it's meant to be played with like um a mouse and a controller um which is a control scheme that no game uses um but it just yeah so <laughs> the the fact that they've uh, offered a, a bunch of different ways to approach it here is good so during the treehouse live um they did about 40 minutes on pikmin we saw some of the multiplayer like head to head matches which looked fun. They showed off a lot. Um, One of the things they showed was that Pikmin 3 has a lot of customization options for controls, including using like tilt controls for cursor aiming, which is really interesting to me. Um, 
for me, the sh- the the part that I was looking forward to most of this Nintendo Treehouse Live was the about 25 minutes they did on Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, they showed off Urbosa and Zelda gameplay, and later they did uh, Impa and Link as well. We learned that all of the characters use the Sheikah runes. Uh, you can use loud attacks to wake the Moldoga. Uh, between battles, you're navigating via the map of Hyrule, and they showed that off, and it seems like it is, at least the map is like the full Breath of the Wild map. I don't know that you'll actually be able to yeah. like, go to every area, but it, uh, I felt like it's crazy for a game that came out like three years ago, um, but I felt like nostalgia when I saw that entire <laughs> map. I felt kind of nostalgia watching this whole thing, like when they, you could see that there are like, going to be Koroks in it. Like That was really yeah. exciting to me. Um and I yeah, just and can't... even even seeing them like they they start off with the Erbosa gameplay and so they're in like the Gerudo village, um and like they go into um you know like one of the the like milk bar or whatever it is where um I forget what exactly you do I think it's part of like getting uh, costume items I don't remember um but like that a, a significant part of Breath of the Wild like took place. And it's just sort of a location that you can enter if you want to and just like see it again. There's so much of the original game in this game. Yeah, which is really exciting to me. Um, I think I'm just really excited to get back into the world of Breath of the Wild. And so, yes. you know, we, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Muso games, but I think I'm gonna, uh, definitely going to pick this up just because I want more Breath of the Wild. I, and I think yeah. I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of people will be picking yeah. it up for that reason. Yeah, and it's not just like the world of Breath of the Wild and not just the characters of Breath of the Wild, but it is the aesthetic of Breath of the Wild, which is so, uh, it w- is all over this 25-minute demo. Like, the UI looks a lot like uh, it did in Breath of the Wild. That font is everywhere. Um, the color palette looks e- exactly the same. Like, they... And even like the little like sounds for uh you know when um like stuff is uh charging back up or you know like everything just sounds and looks just like Breath of the Wild. It's really remarkable, um and something that you know isn't uh totally present in like the original Hyrule Warriors, um which was obviously doing like sort of a uh, sampler of all uh Zelda games. Um, I think this one benefits from being so specific and having such a clear like style guide to draw from um it just looks awesome one of the things i'd like to see in uh you know a muso game is maybe not the right vehicle for something like this but one of the things i loved about breath of the wild were just those like quiet moments when you were just like in the environment and there wasn't like a lot of battle going on you were just kind of exploring and um i'll be interested to see if like they if they choose to include like moments that have that tone or if it will be like really action-based, which would also make sense given like the setting and all that kind of stuff. Right. That this is like the war um, that like everyone is recovering from in Breath of the Wild. Um, We did get a question about uh, this game uh, as part of Arlo's email. We may have already covered it, but uh, his question reads as follows. Uh, What are your thoughts on Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity? I'm afraid that it will be something where you just have to mash A, B, X, and Y simultaneously uh, and beat the game without ever knowing uh, how you took out a whole uh, a whole mob of regenerating enemies. Um, it goes on like this. Uh, I'm super intrigued uh, by getting to relive 
the events that happened 100 years ago, but I have not played the first Hyrule Warriors games. What are your take? Uh, what are your takes on the enemy-filled arenas and overpowered attacks? Um, I mean, I'm 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 into it. Uh, the one of the things that the Musou, Musou games do well is uh, convey this sense of like ultimate power of one warrior just demolishing hordes of others um and that's exactly you know you're playing as w- these champions which are basically superheroes like yeah i want to see them mow down uh hordes of uh bokoblins and uh yiga clan dudes like yeah i'm 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 way into it yeah same i and i'm just excited for the opportunity to play as those characters too like i think it'll mm-hmm. be really fun to be able to take on the role of those champions yeah, one, 100%. So will we be seeing a price chop on a price drop? I think I said chop on Joy-Con. Uh, if what we're seeing in Japan is in the, in the indication, the answer is uh, non-committal, maybe. Effective, no- the not- effective November 6th, the price of an individual Joy-Con in Japan will drop from 4,480 yen, which is about 40 two dollars and fifty cents in the u.s to three thousand seven hundred forty yen which is about thirty five dollars and fifty cents um which is interesting i mean looks like the joy-con were a little more expensive in japan to begin with so not really sure what the price drop would look like if it came to the west um also the the price for it's only the price for a single joy-con that is changing yeah the price for a pair is unchanged um i mean so this past week my like left joy con i noticed that it was really um beginning to like mario was running when i wasn't doing anything so i was like ah the cursed joy con drift um this was like the my second pair of joy con the first one i had for about a year and then it just stopped the right one just stopped charging so I had this one for a little over two years, and then I got Joy-Con Drift. So I'm on my third set. I had difficulty. Not great. I, not great. That's not a... And like I was like, I guess I could send it in to Nintendo, but it's out of warranty. So I'd be paying 40 bucks for it, which it, and it would be gone for days. It just didn't seem worth it. I did have yeah. trouble finding individual Joy-Con um, when I was looking, and so I ended up just buying a new pair. But you were saying that there's some available on GameStop? Yeah, I think just used though. I think the uh the, the market for Joy-Con is still not quite as um that they're not quite as plentiful uh in as many different like iterations and uh uh you know retail packages um as maybe we would like them to be. Um Mark, what what do you think is the uh the reason for this price drop? And could it possibly be that we are looking down the barrel of a Joy-Con 2.0? Ooh, yeah, if that um like Switch Pro or whatever it ends up being called is real. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. It does seem really strange. I have no accounting for it otherwise. Why make that change? Yeah, yeah why why make the change? Uh and will we see it here? I I like I would hope so. Joy-Con are expensive as as it is. Um it would be nice if they uh especially considering they need to be replaced. So frequently, you know, we've both uh, replaced Joy-Cons uh, in the three years that we've been playing Switch. Um, so, you know, not not great. Um, and uh, yeah, 
it just let's let's bring that price down and then let's also get a, a, a new version of those things out there that we don't have to replace so much. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster will be getting a special <laughs> mercy mode that will allow players to more easily take down difficult enemies. Explaining the decision to include mercy mode, series director Kaz- Kazuyuki Yamai told IGN, quote, we felt that we needed a mode that lots of p- different people can play. When we were developing the original, it was a different era, and with the turn-based battle game system at the time, there had to be a certain extent of difficulty which created tension. There are those who enjoy the high-difficulty battles and those who want to finish those parts as quickly as possible and follow the story. There are also multiple endings to the story, so there are people who want to check the different endings. We wanted to make the difficulty easier so people can play it by being able to clear the story small amounts at a time. This just increased my interest in picking up Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster like a million fold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, one one of the things that uh, like I know about the Shin Megami Tensei series is that it is like a little bit more of a hardcore uh, JRPG. Um, and you know, for as much as I like a challenge in games, um, I also like it when a game is like a kind of a chill experience and doesn't make me like hate it. Especially in like a turn-based combat scenario, like I don't I don't really want it to be too super hard. You know, I was raised on the American version of Final Fantasy <laughs> games, which means it easier than it should be otherwise, right? Um, so yeah, I'm 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 glad that they're in- including something like this. Also, with a game that's just so heavily story based, like I feel like you need to have that option now, right? Like there are people who are gonna want to experience just the story of something and not you know grind through um you know whatever dumb challenge you uh thought was in- important uh you know. 10 years ago when you were first designing it. Yeah, I I think it's great. I don't I feel like easy modes don't take away anything from games cuz it's they're completely optional. And like you were saying like sometimes you just want a chill experience. Like I like being able to say, yeah, I am interested in checking out this game, but if it's super like brutally difficult, then that's totally going to be a barrier for entry for me. And so I'm excited to see more I feel like for the most part, more and more developers are mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, especially with these like hardcore RPGs, like we saw it with Fire Emblem, like more and more developers are open to the idea because it just like expands the user base, the potential user base for your franchise, right? Like, yeah, fi- like Fire Emblem and Shimigami Tensei, like Shimigami Tensei is such a niche game compared to like Persona. And so anything they can do to make it more approachable, I think, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And especially for something like, um, you know, the, the, those Atlas products uh, uh, are all like sort of multimedia things, too. Right. Like there are usually, um, you know, manga and like anime series and stuff that go along with them. I know there are like a couple of Persona movies and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, if someone wants to experience the story of the game because they are into the um, anime or whatever, like it's good that they have an option to to experience that without being frustrated. Um, I, I uh, When Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order came out, um, you know, I was hearing from a lot of reviewers that, like, the game was difficult. Um, and, it, like, that stressed me out a little bit because, like, I like Star Wars. I want to know, like, the Star Wars story. And I just had this, like, freak out moment of, like, but what if it's too hard for me? Um, and it's not. It's not too hard. Like, the, the game is 
pretty manageable. But there is also a story mode if you want like to play it on the easiest difficulty um, that you know would probably be too easy for someone who was looking for like a sincere challenge, but uh, you know, right at home for someone who was just trying to, you know, complete their Star Wars experience. It's 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 the right move. Everyone should do it. Last week, Mortal Kombat 11 announced three new DLC characters coming to Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Uh, it'll be Rain, Melina, and John Rambo. And Rambo's inclusion here is the only reason that we are talking about this. Um, what is going on? What is the criteria <laughs> by which they decide to include characters in Mortal Kombat games now? I don't know. I don't get it. Do you think that the tar I mean, based purely on those sort of like the characters that they have added, I feel like the target audience for Mortal Kombat nowadays is people our age. Um, yeah. Because totally. like, you know, the uh, other DLC characters include like the T-800 from Terminator, Spawn, like Robocop. Like, I don't know that those are characters that... Um, people who are not 30 years old like care about right like <laughs> right like right. they exist Mid, in the culture <laughs> right yeah like they exist in the culture but you know like terminator and especially like spawn like they don't have like the cultural cash that they used to um other you know like uh uh are these coming to the game these i'm not clear like jason Voorhees, leatherface alien predator are those already in mortal kombat 11 or did those just appear in mortal kombat 10 so j- j- yeah, so Jason, uh, Leatherface, um, Alien, and Predator are in Mortal Kombat X, um, and then Freddy Krueger is in Mortal Co- the Mortal Kombat Nine uh, that came out in in two thousand eleven. Um, so like it, th- those like lump together um, like horror villains, right? Uh, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Alien, Predator, Freddy Krueger. That all makes sense, right? If, if, if It's like that's the pool they're picking from. Um, but then the Mortal Kombat 11 characters, um, John Rambo, the Terminator, and Robocop are just like 80s action movie yeah. characters. Like that's it. <laughs> that's, just, but, that's just all it is. But I feel like like Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Alien, Predator, like all of those are also in that same like Freddy Krueger, like, also in that same yeah. sort of, like, 80s, um, you know, like, horror icons. So, I, it, it makes sense to me, because I'm assuming that their target audience is people our age, and so it's like, yeah. hey, here's, like, things you remember. All right, Mark, you have been tasked with putting a new character that fits these same guidelines uh-huh. in the next Mortal Kombat game. Who do you put in? I think clearly it's going to be um, the, uh, the babysitter from Adventures in Babysitting. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, I would go with Chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> that is also very good. Uh, Nintendo announced a 17th Maximus Cup for Tetris 99. Uh, there's no new theme here. It's a repeat of the uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield theme. But if you missed out on it previously, you now have a second chance of earning it. You just need to collect 50 event points to unlock the theme if you haven't already. It kicks off on October 16th and runs until October 19th. Um, that's interesting. That is a lower threshold for unlocking the theme than usual. Usually you have to get 
to a hundred points. Um, I guess they just really want people to uh, have access to this sword and shield theme. Yeah, I can't remember if the last, because I feel like they've repeated in the past. And so I, I wonder if it, the fact that it's a repeat is why it's like 50 points instead of the 100. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because there was a, a period a couple weeks ago where they did like a week long of just repeating them sort of like back to back to back. Right. They did like the Fire Emblem one, the Luigi's Mansion one, and one more, I don't remember what. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. I, I wonder if that was also um, 50 points. As part of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, the update that includes Steve and Alex from Minecraft, there's the new Minecraft level um, that has six different like biomes, six different like environments that it can choose from. And seemingly we thought that it was random, but it turns out that you are able to dictate which biome you get. Uh, there's like a set of inputs that you put into the controller on the level select screen, and it will like choose the specific one that you want. Yeah, the only uh, source of information on this uh, right now is um, the Japanese uh, Smash Brothers uh, account. Um, so the text is in Japanese. We'll probably get we'll get more information about it. I'm sure. Um, uh, as as we get closer, but it, it is it is uh, neat that if you don't want to, you know, just succumb to the uh, whims of of the random selection, that you can hold down, you know, L or uh, L and uh, you know up on the thumbstick or L and R um, when when you're selecting the level to um, influence uh, what version of the level you're going to play. Um, we have uh, an, uh, the, our final question from from Arlo's email. Uh, is about uh, Super Smash Brothers. He says, do you think it'll be worth it to buy Steve for Smash? Um, I asked you a question. Uh, I asked you a similar question uh, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Min Min, um, but now he's just reiterating the question uh, about whether the fighter pack is worth it. He says, Steve looks awesome. Are you guys considering purchasing Steve? Because I am. Um, Mark, uh, you know, bo both you and I are, are not real like, Minecraft guys, so I don't know that um, Steve's inclusion here would do too much for us. Um, but I can tell you, I am now teetering on the edge of like one more decent announcement, and I'm buying this fighters pack. Um, I'm not gonna buy them piecemeal. I'm just gonna buy the whole set and get everything. Uh, and I really just need one more good announcement, <laughs> and, then and then I'm there. Uh, this is only the second announcement from the fighters pack, right? So there's yeah. three more after this. Is that? correct four, four. More? it's wow. six characters yeah wow um i am i i don't feel tempted for whatever reason i think i've put down old super smash brothers ultimate for long enough that i there's enough distance that i don't feel like the need to see every update but i uh, i am super curious to know what those other four characters are going to be if only because it's so many four yeah, is a lot <laughs> it is and it feels like uh more and more the obvious ones or like obvious in air quotes um yeah. are being you know like selected and especially with like minecraft no longer looming out there i i am interested to see if like the next couple ones are maybe uh i don't know like weirder is not the right word because you know the choices that like steve for minecraft is in a lot of ways like a weird choice it doesn't easily fit into the aesthetic of or into like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Clearly, yeah. it took them a lot of work to do it. But I'm just curious to see like what what else is out there for them to choose. There, on the one hand, is so much, 
And on the other hand, like I'm having difficulty, you know, picking out like an obvious missing entry. Yeah, I mean, this this is what I'm very excited for is that I think we are approaching the point where uh, the guest characters can be surprising again. Um, you know, like Steve is, uh, it's a big deal. And like, you know, it represents like a seismic shift in like the, what can be in Smash, but it's not a surprise, right? Like it's, uh, there had been rumors about it or people calling for it or whatever. Um, and I feel like we are, you know, teetering on the edge of a uh, genuine surprise um, for the next four um, they could be Nintendo characters. They could be third-party characters. They could be Microsoft characters. Uh, will we see a PlayStation character? Like, is Ellie from The Last of Us going to be <laughs> in one of these games? Like, I don't know. All things seem possible now. Yeah, uh, completely, completely. And finally, Splatoon 2's Splatfests are firmly not dead, uh, as, as Nintendo has announced an all-new Splatfest for the weekend of October 30th. Players will choose between... T- Team Trick or Team Treat, and tying in with the Halloween theme, Nintendo will also make new gear available: uh, the Kenoshi hat, little devil horns, hockey mask, and anglerfish mask will all be available. Um, this is great. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen a couple of like uh, replays of earlier Splatfests. Um, and you know that was also like sort of after they had announced that there were no more Splatfests, and it was sort of. Like when we saw those, like those old ones resurfacing, it was like, oh, okay, you know, this is because we're all like in the pandemic and like everyone is freaking out. Like, here's something that we can do that's super easy that we've already done. We'll just run the old events. Uh, and now they're doing new events. Like, I thought Splatoon 2 was done. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think it's really interesting that they're doing new gear too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the game lives. What's going on? <laughs> Um, yeah, just not something you normally expect, uh, is for a, uh, a, a live service game, uh, that has basically, you know, we've been told is sunsetted, uh, is still like, uh, alive and active. So, uh, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, every time we talk about Splatoon 2, uh, it makes me want to jump back into it. And, you know, just the hurdle of like actually turning the game on <laughs> is usually enough to keep me from from getting back to it but you know a couple months ago when you and i played um salmon, salmon run, run for a while yeah uh, I, I had a lot of fun with that so like we should get into it mark yeah i think so too i think so too um all right uh that's gonna do it for the news let's wrap that up consequently that is also going to do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society we've reached the end this is how the episode ends uh please remember to rate review and subscribe on apple podcast if you like the episode you can share it on facebook or twitter or wherever you share stuff we appreciate it when you do um you can follow us on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at nin cart society we also have a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to apipetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying E.T. would also be a good Mortal Kombat character. E.T. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Adam Peacock from My Neighbors Are Dead. 
For the full month of October, My Neighbors Are Dead is going all in on the Friday the 13th series. And the best part is, we're up in our episodes to twice per week as we talk to all kinds of crazy characters from the world of Camp Crystal Lake, played by tons of amazing guests. Two episodes per week, all month long. Join us for My Neighbors Are Dead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.